Good evening and welcome to Health Beat, a program where WDIY and the Leonard Parker Pool Institute for Health discuss our local social determinants of health. I would like to once again welcome our co-host, Edward Meehan, the Executive Director of the Leonard Parker Pool Institute for Health, and tonight we are very pleased to welcome Dr. John Stanford, the Superintendent of the Allentown School District. Welcome, Dr. Stanford. Thank you very much. I'm very, very pleased and honored to be with you this evening. And of course, Edward, a welcome to you, sir. Good evening, Greg. It's always good to be with you, and I'm very excited to have the conversation with Dr. Stanford. Our guest, Dr. Stanford, is described as a dedicated public servant with over 20 years of public education, nonprofit, and public policy on his resume. Dr. Stanford attended Central Michigan University, also my alma mater, and then went on to The Ohio State University to study and become a doctor of philosophy, as well as earning his Juris Doctorate. And Dr. Stanford, you've been in the Lehigh Valley for about a year now, correct? That is correct. It'll be a year on November the 15th. Well, a belated welcome from your friends here at WDIY. Ed, to open our discussion, can you please give us an introduction to education as a social determinant of health? I'd be happy to, Greg. You know, as we've discussed on this show many times, there are numerous things that impact health in a community. And healthcare is extremely important, but equally important are things that are non-healthcare, like housing, like education, like food access, like transportation. And for me, I always think that education is probably the most important determinant of health going forward. So a couple of things I'd mention. One is, let me talk a little bit about education as a determinant of health, but then also mention health as a determinant of education. They're so intertwined that I don't think you can talk about one without the other. So just overall, lower education levels are linked to lower income, which is linked to poorer health. And so uh, over a lifetime, underperforming students most likely earn less money than their graduating classmates, and that reduces their access to healthier foods, safer homes, health insurance, and better neighborhoods. And ultimately, they, they tend to experience worse health outcomes. Numerous studies show that people in lower socioeconomic situations experience more obesity, asthma, diabetes, heart disease, and other health problems than people in better financial circumstances. So educational attainment directly linked with so many important health outcomes like infant mortality and life expectancy. In fact, babies of mothers who do not graduate high school are twice as likely to die before their first birthday. And college graduates are expected to live at least five years longer than individuals who do not complete high school. So education is extremely important uh, as a determinant of health, and the, the numbers are just so telling consistently over time. So people who have access to quality education throughout their lives tend to stay healthier than people who don't, I think to a great degree because they are able to be better informed about how to take care of their health. They're able to stay aware by being able to differentiate between good, valid information and information that might be not so reliable. They're able to understand complex information in terms of what is called health literacy, uh, just understanding when to take a medication and how often to take it and does it need re refrigerated, yes or no. And so uh, overall, education is extremely important as a determinant of health. So just uh, another second on health sure. as a determinant of education. There are num numerous reasons why people don't complete their education and why students drop out of high school. But health and health problems 
are a major factor. So it's really important to think about health as a determinant of education, to think about how do we prevent, treat, and enable students to address issues that they might have that impede their learning and their performance, like asthma, vision, dental, and behavioral health. Dr. Stanford, of course you know about this. Uh, this, is, this is what you do. But do the people around us in the Lehigh Valley, are they aware of the correlation between how important health care is and education? I really do believe the community does understand the connection. And I think that is due to the work of Ed over the last few years of really focusing in on the social determinants of health and the key factors that are driving the health and educational well-being of our students and the entire uh, Lehigh Valley. And so I've heard more discussion about the social determinants of health in my nine months of being here in the Lehigh Valley than I've heard, you know, in my entire career in education. And so I, I do believe that there is a real awareness of the social determinants of health and its impact on education. Uh, can we do more to broaden that message and to really get more people involved and aware? Absolutely. But I do think that Ed has done a good job of bringing this issue to the forefront as a part of the community dialogue. Dr. Stanford, we're a diverse community. Could you give us an update on the demographics of the Allentown School District? Absolutely. Allentown School District is the third largest urban district in Pennsylvania. And we really do consider our diversity a strength in the school district. The vast majority of our students are Hispanic, Latino, and African American with a sizable Arabic population. But that is just the foundation because we have several families that are speaking different languages in their home throughout the school district. But that diversity doesn't just stop with our students. We have significant diversity among our team members also across all employee groups. Are there some things, gaps that we still need to work on? Absolutely. But, you know, we do believe that uh, diversity and pursuing equitable outcomes is a top priority and is our strength as a school district. Uh, we have also a significant number of students that are considered to be economically disadvantaged in the district. 17% of our students have a disability of some sort. And then another 17% of our students are emergent bilinguals, meaning that English is not their first language and they are learning to speak English and to be more proficient with English. When you began your career, did you expect this diversity population to become this large? And it probably has, has made you change the way you teach, hasn't it? Well, to answer the first part of your question, did I expect this? Because of my background in public administration, government, and politics, we typically follow what the demographic projections are 10, 15, 20 years out. And so the growth of people of color in the United States has been something predicted by demographic researchers for the last 20 to 25 years. And so it is not a surprise that we are seeing more students of color in our mm -hmm. urban schools all across the country. It doesn't change the way we teach in the sense of teaching strategies that we are using in the classroom. 
you know, what's driving the, the type of strategies and methods we are using in the classroom is the just the natural growth of technology and the expectations that the community has for our students to be ready for the new economy that we have in the United States. But what I can say is that it has changed our focus on what we are teaching in terms of making sure that our curriculum is culturally relevant and culturally responsible to make sure that we are paying honor and tribute to the students that are representative of the population that we have in our district. And let me just say real quickly, you know, happy Hispanic Heritage Month to our Hispanic and Latino community uh, because that month of celebration starts this Friday. And just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Yes, sir. If we're a community of diverse cultures, how do you guide people? How do you guide your staff to teach to these diverse cultures? Does everybody learn the same? No, everyone does not learn the same. I think that's one of the great uh, learnings of educators over the last probably 15 to 20 years is that all of us, including adults, students and adults, we all learn differently. And that's a part of the diversity that I'm speaking of. It's not just diversity in terms of ethnicity or nationality or race. It is also diversity in terms of disabilities as well and emergent bilingual students as well. And so because we don't all learn the same, you know, we have learned over the last 15 to 20 years in the education profession that we have to make investments in professional development with our educators. And it's not just sort of standard professional development where you go to a a seminar once a year. You know, we have to have ongoing job embedded professional development throughout the school year. And that core professional development can be supplemented by special events like conferences and like uh, one day events like a convocation. But the heart and soul of that professional development has to be ongoing and job embedded, meaning that, you know, they are receiving coaching and mentoring you know, on a regular basis throughout the the weeks of the school year. And it sounds like Dr. Stanford is uh, got the same playbook that you have. Yeah, it's a good playbook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Exactly right, Greg. The very complex issues that are challenges to us in the community are all interrelated and interwoven. And so it becomes really difficult to think about how we're going to improve health without also thinking about education. How do we improve education without thinking about housing? And so we have to have the ability to transfer that communication and that message and that understanding, uh, as Dr. Stanford says, in a a way that enables our service providers, educators, nurses, et cetera, to realize that the work they do is extremely important and we need to provide the background support, training, enabling, whatever it takes to, to send a message that says, you know, this is, this is really important stuff. We're talking about lives here, and we're talking about all of the quality of all of our lives. And to do it right is very labor-intensive, hard work, and you've got to stick to it. Dr. Stanford, I believe you have four priorities for the Allentown School District. Can we talk about those priorities? Oh, absolutely. I love talking about the priorities. Yes, indeed. And let me just say real quickly sure. that Allentown School District, like many uh, districts uh, across the country, but especially those districts that are urban uh, and have high concentrations of poverty and are at the lower tier of, of funding from their state. You know, the, the pandemic just really 
brought to the forefront and magnified the years of inequitable funding that the district received from the state. This inequitable funding created huge disparity gaps mm-hmm. and equity gaps in our district. And again, we're not unusual. This is a situation that districts all across the country, especially urban districts and rural districts are dealing with. But, you know, you put on top of that that sort of historic educational achievement gap, and then you have the pandemic that hit us over the last two to three years. But this district reacted quickly to the pandemic. And as a result of the things that we did, you know, we are starting to now really level the playing field with some of these achievement gaps as well, such as initiating a one-to-one student device program, creating a program to distribute hotspots to families that did not have access to the Internet. And then we were able to make much-needed facility upgrades. And, we were, and we've been able to do this over the last few years, first and foremost, thanks to Senator Pat Brown, State Representative Pete Swire, and State Representative Mike Slosberg for their efforts to try and create a more equitable funding formula and a more equitable distribution of funds in the state of Pennsylvania. And this year, in addition to the big three, as I like to call them, we mm-hmm. need to thank Governor Wolf for helping you know, us close these gaps with the historical funding allocation that you know, uh, uh, Allentown School District and several districts across the state received as a result of their efforts. And so I needed to put that on the table sure. to say that the priorities that we have identified for the next three years builds on top of the work that has already been done in Allentown School District over the last probably five to ten years in trying to tackle these funding gaps, tackle these academic gaps. And so priority one is to accelerate academic performance of all of our students. And I want to emphasize the all. You know, we want to make sure that we are reaching the gifted student, the average student, if you will, if there's such a thing as an average student. We want to reach the student that has a disability. We want to reach the emergent bilingual and give them all an equal opportunity to achieve greatness in the classroom and to achieve greatness in their lives. Priority two is that we have to work on improving the culture, climate, and equitable allocation of resources across the district. I've said this time and time again in my nine months of of being in Allentown, and this is an old Peter Drucker quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast, and I've added to that my own little twist, culture eats strategy for breakfast each and every day. And what he meant by that is that culture is the foundation of our society, it is the foundation of our families, and it is certainly the foundation of any organization. And that culture of having respectful relationships, having commitment to the service of our students and our families, and just having a can-do attitude is absolutely critical to achieving academic success with all students. Priority three, expect and achieve high-quality organizational governance, leadership, effectiveness, efficiency, transparency, and accountability. That's a mouthful just to say that we are focused in Allentown from the board of directors to every member of the administrative team to making sure that we are being effective, 
efficient and just good stewards of the trust that the community has put in, in us to educate the children of this community and, and making sure that we're being transparent sure. uh, in our work and holding ourselves accountable, but also being respectful of the community, uh, holding us accountable as well. And then last but not least is priority four. And it is, it's really to really emphasize how important finances is to our school district. And that is we want to achieve financial stability and sustainability in order to improve academic and organizational performance. I mean, the bottom line is that we have to be able to stabilize our funding so it is reliable and predictable so that we can create plans that will build upon the successes of the past. Uh, and you can't do that if your funding is not stable and reliable and predictable. Do you think we're getting to that point? I think we are. I think this historic allocation that we received this year, uh, again, uh, due to the work of State Senator Brown, State Representative Slosberg, and State Representative Swire, I think they have laid, laid a foundation with this allocation this year, but I can't emphasize enough the work that they did over the last probably five years that served as a foundation for that allocation this year. And so if we can continue to make that type of progress over the next probably three to five years, then I think you will see that, you know, we will be on a much better pathway to achieving that sustainable, reliable, and predictable funding source. Uh, but I didn't mention also you know, those priorities are the priorities over the next three years. This academic year, we are focused on making sure that we increase the mastery of foundational reading and math skills with our students all across the district, that we are improving culture and climate in our schools, that we are improving attendance rates in our schools, and that we are increasing our graduation rate. And if you notice, those four focus areas for this year really tie back into priority one and priority two of accelerating academic performance and improving our culture and climate and equitable allocation of resources. Ed and I have had many discussions about getting third graders to read at the third grade level by the time, you know, at the appropriate age. How are we doing in that respect? We're making progress, but it is, you know, it is something that we still have to keep a laser light focus on. It is something that we have to be mindful of in terms of the impact of the pandemic on all our students being able to demonstrate their mastery of, you know, reading skills. But it doesn't take us off the hook of making sure that we're trying to achieve that goal of having students read by the third grade. And so, you know, it's really critical that they have mastered those foundational skills by third grade because when they enter fourth grade is when they begin to transition into reading to learn and making sure that they have the ability to comprehend what they're reading and analyze what they're reading. Greg, let me also add to Dr. Stanford's comment. Sure. When we, when we talk about uh, students reading on third grade level, there, there's a responsibility K through three to make that happen. But we all have a shared responsibility uh, in thinking about, you know, what kind of early childhood education opportunities do we have for all of our students, for all of our children, do parents have what they need to succeed, um, you know, reading in the home, 
uh, parents as a, as a very important and the most important uh, educator of their students and how do we engage at that level. Parents are not just parents, they're also neighbors. So how do we think about communities, not school in the, not communities in the school, but school in the community, where there's a larger opportunity to think about, okay, let's, let's make sure that everybody in our neighborhood is succeeding and doing well, and uh, what can we do to make that happen? So, you know, uh, Dr. Stanford is rightfully assuming responsibility and authority within the scope of his, his really difficult job, but I think there's an awful lot that we can all do to say, okay, if we're going to set our sights on saying, we're not going to move the needle on health improvement for the Lehigh Valley unless we make sure that the most disadvantaged, disenfranchised folks have improved health. What do we need to do to make that happen? Dr. Stanford, Ed has always told me that parents are the first teachers. How do we get the parents more engaged, or are they well engaged in the Lehigh Valley? Well, I can't speak for the Lehigh Valley, but I can tell you that in Allentown School District, uh, we are absolutely focused on family engagement. Uh, and we like to use family engagement here in uh, Allentown School District because, you know, we have households where it's just not the parents that may be raising. It may be a grandparent. It may be an uncle. It may be an aunt. It may be a foster care adult that is, you know, raising uh, that student. And so it is absolutely critical that we partner with our families in order to achieve the academic success that we are talking about. And it's meaningful, respectful relationships with our families that is going to create that focus on our students and their not only their academic success, but their total development success, right? Their social-emotional development, their interest in the arts, uh, their interest in uh, being able to uh, have friends and, and socialize. So, you know, here we're focused on the whole student. Uh, not just their cognitive development, but focusing in on their development all across the board, which, again, I think dovetails well with the social determinants of health focus that is in the Lehigh Valley. Dr. Stanford, you're a former football player. How does being a team player in college sports help you do what you do? Well, um, I think it it helps tremendously. And I'm, I'm not only saying this as a former athlete. In fact, you know, I've had some discussions with folks that aren't former athletes, and they they kind of cringe at the the use of the term team and and this sort of sports analogy. But you know, what I say to people is that working together, whether it's in sports, whether it's if you're in the band, or if you're in choral uh, a choral group, or if you're a corporation, working together as one with a common understanding of what you're trying to achieve and a common dedication to who you are serving, that has a tremendous impact on being able to be successful. And our extracurricular activities such as sports, band, choral groups, important? Absolutely. Because data shows that involvement in those types of extracurricular activities, uh, but especially in sports, does lead to improved culture and academic improvement in a school district, but it also just, it really improves the type of engagement that our students and experience that our students will have in the school district as well. So I appreciate the analogy to sport, but I think it's much bigger than sport in that if you look at some of what our major corporations, and this, this research was done about maybe 15, 20 years ago now, 
corporations are looking for people in the 21st century that can work well with each other, that can work with diverse populations, and that be that can be creative and innovative in their work. And I think working in teams or working in groups helps to generate creative and innovative ideas because it's not just one idea, it's the collective ideas that are coming together to you know, be of service to, to the community and to people. And Ed, I think in your uh, conversations, you call those cross-sector partnerships, right? Yeah, absolutely. Every, I, everything Dr. Stanford is saying is so heartening and, and right on target in my world. Uh, we, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of assets. A lot of times we kind of look at the glass half empty because we haven't figured out how to coordinate and uh, integrate and understand how we can have multiplier effects if we all work together properly and not just within individual school districts or healthcare organizations or not-for-profit organizations, but cross-sectorally across the board uh, and, and work in ways that achieve a common mission. So I couldn't agree with Dr. Stanford's comment any stronger. Dr. Stanford, we only have about a minute left. What do you want parents to know? How can they get more involved? Well, I want our families to know that we deeply care and love their student, their child, and we absolutely believe in their ability to achieve greatness with our support and help. But we need our families to be there with us arm in arm to ensure that the things that we are discussing with their child during the school day is being carried forward and re-emphasized at night when they're at home. And I want them to know that since I've been here, one of the really pleasant surprises of being superintendent is that the entire city of Allentown, whether it's political organizations, philanthropic organizations, community organizations, but this greater Lehigh Valley in terms of the business community as well, all support Allentown School District and desperately want to see Allentown School District be successful in providing a high-quality educational opportunity for all of our students. And so families know that this community is supportive of the Allentown School District and wants to see your child be successful. We just have to pull ourselves all together with a common focus and a common plan and go after the achievement of that brass ring. And there you have it. Dr. John Stanford, the superintendent of the Allentown School District, and of course, Edward Meehan of the Leonard Parker Pool Institute for Health. Always a pleasure. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, thank, thank you, gentlemen. This has been a fantastic show. Really appreciate your time. You've been listening to Health Beat on WDIY 88.1 FM. I'm Greg Caponia. Have a great evening.